Good morning, Sun Valley Church. Welcome to The Voice of the Valley. It's good to be back here in the podcasting room with my friend and co-pastor and elder. I like that. I like that. Co-pastor. I thought I would... I thought I would it's good. Be nice to you this morning. Thanks, man. Because it is our last podcast of the year. It is our last podcast of the year. Not That's the crazy. season. Not the season. But, but the, the year. year. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I felt like we were just podcasting a year ago it, uh, with our last <laughs> podcast of the year. Yeah, that may, no, that does. I think that, that brings sense. back memories. <laughs> memories. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, uh, it's we have like a really encouraging, uplifting, hope-filled uh, Christmas podcast, don't we? Yes, we do. Very uplifting and an exciting one. Has a lot to do with. Christmas time. Oh man. Um yeah, but Rick, before we get started, it, be, yeah. when we planned when we planned on what we were going to be speaking on at this time a few months ago, yes. we were going to do a little Q&A with you and John just right. kind of like a re- recap of the year like we did last year. Yep. Um but yeah, I wanted to I wanted to ask you how how 2022 was was there anything that stood out to you that was encouraging anything that you read or you know taught on or anything that was an encouraging thing for you um i'm gonna probably go with the taught on one because i read i was just talking with jen about this last night and she confirmed it i um i read more in what was going on I said, confirm it. Confirm it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Welcome to the British Museum. <laughs> it's your gun, your silencer, and your ninja swords. So you got me started, man. Yeah. Tilly. <laughs> no, that's Night she, at the uh, Museum. She, did. she confirmed it. Yeah. Uh, three, Night at the Museum 3. Yes. Now, I, read, I read more books in 2022 than I've read in any year of my life. Which is two. And that's including school. Oh, okay. My school years. <laughs> which is, no, three. <laughs> Very Trinitarian year for me. (laughs) So I don't want to go through that uh, list. So I will say um, I just got a really encouraging um, conversation with a guy in our church, uh, an older gentleman on Sunday, who found me just to tell me that the intro to biblical counseling King's Institute class was so um, impactful to him that if he had... If he had been through it when he was a younger man, it would have changed the course of his career. Huh. He would have he would have gone into biblical counseling wow. and sought to do that at least as part of his major life work. Yeah, and now, cool. you know, being in the, kind of in the retirement years, he said that it just changed the way he's using it evangelistically. Cool. And so I, that was a highlight yeah. for me, and I think that. Really, because you don't always hear from folks, you know, what kind of impact things have. Sure. I've heard from a few people about that class in particular, and to me, that's just a tremendous encouragement because I see it as really Ephesians four um, working itself yeah. out, which is the whole purpose, right? Like yeah. the majority of the ministry um, that happens in our church ought to be from people in the pews, um, yeah. because corporate worship and Church life is not a spectator sport by any stretch of the imagination. That's where the bulk of things happen is among the people of God, serving the people of God, and um, reaching out into the world. 
So yeah. that was a highlight. Yeah, cool. Um, <clears throat> Jen and I celebrated 17 years of marriage, and um, it's just it's really neat to see our children's spiritual development um, as they are growing in their love for Christ and seeing that take tangible root um, in their devotional decisions. And yeah, there's just a, a rich blessing. Cool. So yeah, man, how about you? What are some highlights that come to your mind? Yeah, we just had a staff Christmas party the other night and this was part of a game that we played and I was like the second person up and I don't like being the second person up because I have to think on my feet and I don't do well thinking just in general. Okay. I have some questions uh, yeah. for you just on the fly after this. And <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Just be aware. Um, and so Katie had to help me think through um, some of the things that I was thankful for. Um, no, it was, it was a good year with, with student ministries. Um, you know, we talked about this in the, in the, um, meeting, annual meeting a couple of weeks ago, and just some of the, the things, subjects that were covered, um, some of the books that were covered. Um, uh, Acts was, was really impactful for me uh, as we studied through it and taught through it. And um, so concluding that book was, was fun. Um, yeah. I, Katie and I have been married for seven years. We have five kids in that seven years. Wow. Uh, which is crazy. Oh man. So, yeah. Like Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. <laughs> and you almost live in a two-bedroom apartment. Yeah. In New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Dewey being born was, is always, you know. Dude, that kid, he is hysterical <laughs> to look at. He was, Jen was holding him um, and uh, at the party the other night, yeah. and he just... I turned, I just turned my head and he's staring, he's staring me down and his eyes are like orbs. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say that his eyes were as big as a house elf from Harry Potter, but it's not (laughs) far off. Like that kid, he's like, you know, I don't have much that I can do, but I can do this. I can take you down. I can stare into the depths of your And I knew that you had been working with him on that. It's like when you see the guy with the glasses. Laser beams. (sighs) Laser. Open your mouth a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Just it's enough. you again. <laughs> and I know because this is the look you give me every week when you start the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I love? Wide-eyed I would love it if we open. had the ability to do a video podcast. Yeah, we need to get we need to get Jordan in here and that'd be great. Work his magic. Um, yeah, so people could just see some of our facial expressions back and forth to one another. Just dumbfounded yes. some of those times. Just can you picture picture just my now. face now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, twenty twenty two was a good year. Also a, a trying year, I think, for for the church at large. Um, you know, there's some there's some big events that oh. happened in the life of the church. Yeah, um, it was tough. It was a tough year, um, but the Lord's been faithful, and it's been it was it was encouraging to see the church again go to work. And, in some of these areas. Um, yeah. So, you know, looking forward to 2023 and, and what God has in store there. But, um, yeah, we have much to be thankful for. It's true. Yeah. And gas prices are coming down. Gas prices are coming down. A little bit. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, it makes me think of Sheol. Um, yeah. I was going to say, I prices. think that today, if I were to just, not that I'm a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but, um, 
I think we're going to hit an all-time low on we, the podcast we are, today. We have, we have entered an all-time low. And it's not the banter. It's not the banter. We didn't even banter. We just shared <laughs> blessings. It's true. People can't get offended at that. Actually, they probably can. They could. Somebody will. But I am um, offended by it. Yeah. We live in an uh, easily offended culture. So yeah, I've I've developed the spiritual gift of not caring. <laughs> it helps me per- helps me persevere. <laughs> no, we are. We're talking about Sheol today. We are. Someone asked a question. Yes. I don't. Um, I actually don't remember what the question was. I don't remember the question either, but I think it was kind of something along the lines of. What is our view on Sheol? Hold the phone. Because uh, you didn't bring a computer today. You I, didn't bring your phone. I have my Bible open, and I don't even know if it's open to a passage that speaks. Psalm so, fifty-one. Question. I have a question Sheol. for you on the fly. Please How don't. do you, as the host of this podcast, not know what the question is that you're asking me? Well, <laughs> and can we have a discussion about that? Well, I know that it had to do with Sheol, and basically the question was. What's our view of Sheol? Because I think I think a lot of the times we can uh, we can read something or just reading scripture itself, uh, and we can get confused on on Sheol. A lot of times in in the Psalms, uh, the psalmist will talk about going down to Sheol. You're don't like, well, don't. What is that? Are you a believer? Are you going there? Or yeah. Is is Sheol hell? Is Sheol? You know. So so what? I mean. I think that's a it's a great question actually because because it, it it plays a prominent part especially in the Old Testament. Yeah, um, I think it shows up like sixty five times in the Old Testament. Yeah, so it it could sometimes I think even reading it we can get to the point where we're like what is this is this like a is this kind of like purgatory is this like a a holding place for for you know people if they sin enough or whatever. Um, yeah, I found the question. Oh. They basically were asking, is, you know, is Sheol, uh, he actually, yeah, this person actually did use the word purgatory here. I hadn't remembered that. Well, I did. Did you? Okay. So, yeah. Is it, you know, different place than hell? I don't even need um, my computer. Reminds me of sometimes of purgatory. I'm, I'm rephrasing, yeah. but giving a summary of the question. Love to hear you guys. Ooh, I like this. I would love to hear you guys. That would be plural. That'd be you. Well, in me, chat. Pronouns are changing about the these differences days. Differences <laughs> in hell, Sheol, and any other names used to describe hell. Um, yeah. So, Rick, I didn't prep for all the other names, but I did prep for Sheol. Sheol, Sila. Um, yeah. So, Rick, what what is Sheol? <laughs> Okay. Well, it's 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 an Old Testament term. Yes, it is. It's uh, it's Hebrew. In fact, uh, so I'm just going to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Logos Bible Software is an invaluable resource. It takes uh, pastoral ministry today, and it carries it into um, depths of. If you use it well, it can give you insight and accuracy that um, it used to take scholars just so many years of seminary and mm-hmm. even doctoral work to be able to get to those areas. And so we're, we're just in a time of riches in Bible study. And there's a free version of Logos software online. If anybody doesn't have it and they want to start to explore the power of, of these tools, you can just download it. Um, it'll even just that limited amount of resources that it, the free version has is, it is so worth it. But 
So I, I did a lot of digging there this week. Um, and so Sheol, when we look at the Old Testament, it, I think it occurs like 65 times, that word. And it uh, it is the most frequently used word that has to do with what happens after death okay. in the Bible. Okay. Um, when we see the word Sheol show up, sometimes the word grave is used. And those two words are kind of synonymous. Because when you look at the weight of how the Old Testament talks about death and what happens after death, most commonly um, what the focus is is on where our bodies go. In the Now, I'm talking about the Old Testament. Where our bodies go, not necessarily some detailed theology of what happens to the soul, mm-hmm. right? And so, David, you see him um, talking about Sheol. You see... Job, like here's Job 10, 21, 22. He, Job says before I, and Job likely was, or very possibly was one, it was the first scripture ever written, mm-hmm. just in the order that God gave scripture. Sure. He was a contemporary, um, we believe of Abraham. So he was, he was, he was old. Before I go <laughs> and I shall not return to the land of darkness and deep shadow, the land of gloom, like thick darkness, like deep shadow without any order, where light is as thick darkness. He doesn't use the word Sheol, but he is de- he is describing what happens to 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 us after death. As he understood it, it was a place of darkness, and this is this is really the grave, right? This is this is the opposite of life. Life is seen as light. Uh, death is seen as darkness. Um, life is order, deep shadow is is without any order, he said. Uh, Solomon in Ecclesiastes 9.10, he, he does mention Sheol. He says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. Mm-hmm. Now, Solomon, Solomon is writing Ecclesiastes as an old man. Right? It's, been, it's been rightly observed that Solomon wrote the Song of Solomon, uh, when he was a young man, mm-hmm. um, and I believe he wrote it um, as he was experiencing the joy of love with his first wife, um, and then he wrote Proverbs as a middle-aged man uh, to his sons um, to, so that they would walk in the way of wisdom, and then he's he's reflecting after after those long years of rebellion against the Lord, the idolatry, um, the the being led astray by the the other eight hundred and ninety nine wives and concubines that he, um, you know, took after he forgot the lessons he wrote in his yeah. Song of Solomon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he's come back, yeah. he's come back to the Lord, and he's he's recognizing the madness and the folly of what he's done. Now, the whole purpose of that book is, um. So that people who are reading it, especially young people, would fear the Lord, Mm -hmm. walk with him and know him. In other words, if I could put it in whole Bible terms, trust in Christ by faith. Yeah. Um, Because there's only ever been, and this is actually a really important point when we're talking about Sheol and this question that sometimes gets brought up, did believers in the Old Testament go to a different place? than believers in the New Testament after Christ came. Because that's a really popular idea about sure. Sheol, that they went to this, that Sheol is some kind of a holding place for the dead. Sure. Um, that once Christ died and raised, then it just, the doors sprung open for believers, and they went from Sheol to paradise, yeah. or to um, to the presence of Christ. I don't believe that's accurate. I don't yeah. think we see that picture anywhere in Scripture. Um, but the, the question of how 
is a person saved in the Old Testament? And it's very clear, you know, Paul talking about Abraham. Abraham was justified by faith, Romans 4. The whole point of Abraham being circumcised after um, he trusts God and is, is counted to him as righteousness is mm-hmm. to show the Jews who very much had developed a works-based righteousness and an entitlement. We're the children of Abraham. We're of the circumcision. We are the inheritors of the promise. God, right. He's our God. We're right. saved because we're Jews. We have special blood. Paul's like, no, it's never, it's never been about you. It's always been about the Messiah to come from you who will bring blessing to the whole world and to you, mm-hmm. to all who are the children of Abraham by faith, children mm-hmm. of his faith. So yeah, Abraham's the father of the Jews, um, ethnically, but he's the father of all who believe spiritually, who share the faith of Abraham. Um, so there's always only been one way of salvation, and that is through trust in the Messiah who was, who was to come. Yeah, yeah that was a, a more shadowy picture in the Old Testament, and we see something, this concept called the mystery of Christ that really is brought out in the New Testament, which is to say that then in the Old, all these pictures and and types and these these beautiful illustrations that God had planted um, in the Old Testament pointed forward to the realities that would be made known Mm -hmm. plainly in the New. Mm -hmm. But it was only one salvation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so do believers go to a different place in the Old Testament? You know, and she'll... Um, and so, okay, so here's my whole point with Ecclesiastes. Solomon's writing to people who he desires to share his faith. Yeah. Now, he says to them, um, you are going to Sheol. And if someone's going to take Solomon's words and follow them where Solomon wants, him, wants them to, then they're going to be believers. Not just Israelites by blood, but Israelites by faith. And... He says Sheol is where they're going. Mm-hmm. And so that's significant, okay? Because it's not just a place in the Old Testament where the wicked are going. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, I've got a few other passages, because I, I think when we, we want to just get a sampling of what kind of things are said. David, Psalm 139, If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. David, believer or unbeliever? Uh, believer. You sure about? That? Yeah, you're right. Um, yes. And he he talks about making his bed in Sheol. And yes, this is poetic, but he's making a point. I don't think he would use an illustration that's not feasible in his mind. Sure. You know, but but the point is, uh, Sheol is not the absence of God's presence, because God is omnipresent. Sure. Um, Isaiah five fourteen. Sheol has enlarged its appetite and opened its mouth beyond measure, and the nobility of Jerusalem and her multitude will go down. Her revelers and he who exults in her. Um, we get two different types of of people in the Old Testament that go to Sheol: the righteous and the wicked. That's kind of the two people groups, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when it comes to spiritual spiritual life, and so. This picture that we get in the Old Testament of Sheol, um, it's a place where everybody from kings um, down to the lowest servants go. David um, expected to go there. He says that when his son, his infant son dies, um, I believe he says that he's he's going to Sheol um, and that he will go and meet him. Mm. 
But we know that David did not expect condemnation because he was saved. Sure. And we just looked at this, was it last week or two weeks ago, the um, infants who die? Yeah. I don't remember, yeah. but... Two weeks ago, I think. The, the weight of Scripture would lead us, lead us to the conclusion that they're also in heaven. Yeah. And so the, the, the big picture is simply that Sheol in the Old Testament isn't focusing on condemnation <clears throat> or blessedness. It's simply where the dead go. We don't really get a detailed picture of what happens after our life on earth until the New Testament fleshes it out. Yeah. Um, one, uh, the, the Moody Handbook of Theology um, says that the dominant focus seems to be on the place where the bodies of people go, not to where their souls exist. Um, and, and, you know, that makes sense because there is information in the Old Testament that sometimes Sheol is, on the surface, it seems contradictory. Here's what the Lexham Bible Dictionary says. Uh, some biblical texts describe Sheol as a place where God is not present, like Psalm 6, 5. Uh, For in death, there is no remembrance of you in Sheol. Who will give you praise? Hmm. Um, and I don't actually look at that verse and think that that says anything about God's presence or not, but simply brings to mind that saying, silent is the grave. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, and then others say that God, you know, God... God's presence even reaches to Sheol, like what I brought up from Psalm 139. But what we know for sure is that the biblical authors saw Sheol as a place where both the wicked and the righteous went. Um, they very clearly saw it as far as the the order of creation as something that was below the earth, um, where people always go down to it, mm-hmm. um, and you couldn't escape it. And they thought about it in terms of like... Um, like that Moody Handbook would go on to 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 say a, a dusty place. It was a basically they looked at it as a as a Jewish grave. Hmm. The, you know that's how they that's their touch point. Yeah. So anyway, those are some thoughts on Sheol. So how do we get the the feeling? I guess I guess how do we get the idea of it kind of being a a purgatory like place because there's there's a lot of people who do think that way of of you know sheol is a a holding place of our souls if you will um before we we go to heaven um you know i think about i think about when when christ dies on the cross and the graves you know it says in i forgot what book it is luke or mark or matthew or whatever you know the grave's empty and and dead people are kind of walking around you know it'd be a crazy scene to see but how do we how do we get this view um and maybe this is maybe this is a different podcast i don't know but how do we get the view that this is a purgatory like holding place um before we we go to heaven um i think i think it's from that idea that it is a different place from heaven for the righteous because we know that the righteous aren't condemned. And for those who, th- who look at Sheol and think that it's, um, you know, it's got two, basically two chambers, a chamber for the wicked who are awaiting final punishment, a chamber for the righteous in the Old Testament who would, who would be um, joining, um, who would be joining the presence of God, either when Christ rose or, or maybe even after the millennium, mm-hmm. um, like uh, the standard, a standard, um, 
pre-tribulational, pre-millennial, like our eschatology at Sun Valley Church, you know, uh, view of Daniel 12 is that it's after the millennium that Old Testament saints are resurrected from the dead. Um, and then, and it's the church, everyone who believes from, from Pentecost until the rapture mm-hmm. that are resurrected, um, you know, w- when Christ returns, um, glorified in their bodies, when Christ comes to earth to set up his kingdom in the millennium, that's where the church enjoys that thousand year period. And, and it's those Old Testament saints who come up um, and are resurrected afterwards, I, b- I believe is how I've understood our, uh, that view of resurrection order. I didn't look at that recently, sure. so, but I'm, I do think that's accurate um, understanding of that view. And so if the saints from heaven are returning with Christ for the millennium, then what about these Old Testament saints? And so some, I, think, I think, without asking, some would say, well, that's because they're in Sheol. Mm. And they're not being punished. But what other place have we heard about that's like a holding place for believers until a time when they are with Christ? Well, purgatory. Mm. So I think that's where that comes from. Okay. I mean, that would be my guess. Sure. Do you have any ideas? Sure. No. No. I have no th- no thoughts. <laughs> okay. We, we discussed that earlier on yeah. the podcast. Oh, man. None at all? No. Yeah, like I, I just, <laughs> um, I pulled up the, uh, the Hebrew word study for Sheol. And so something that you get with word studies is what are called semantic, semantic domains um, or semantic range. And that is... Um, just like our English word trunk has sure. a variety of meanings, sure. you know, an elephant's nose, um, uh, the stout part of a tree that from which the branches come off, um, the rear compartment of a car, um, sure. or the front compartment of a VW bug. Um, mm. You know, <laughs> those are just three possible meanings. Um, the tor- you know, the torso of a human, their trunk, there's four. You've heard that, right? Mm-hmm. And like after our, after I hit the gym on Sunday, my trunk was a little sore on Monday morning. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, and I but worth it, right? No pain, no gain. So, this is one of those times where I wish we had a video podcast of you closing your eyes, just just in pain, it grimacing. Yeah. Because of how long it's been since you've been to the gym, yes, I, I haven't seen you around <laughs> lately. So, right, that's called the semantic semantic range. Yeah. All the possible meanings of a word. The semantic range of Sheol, for all 65, 66 times it's used uh, in the Old Testament, there's only one, hmm. one semantic range. And Logos defines it as uh, the sense of the, the place where the dead reside, period. I mean, yeah. it's just righteous, wicked. Now, it's in the New Testament that that idea gets really fleshed out further um, as it gets broken down in different words. And so the the most common New Testament word that's the parallel of the Old Testament word Sheol um, in in Greek would be Hades, Mm. right? Hades. And that is where we really start to see um, a distinction between the righteous and the wicked. In the New Testament, Hades has a very negative connotation, and the righteous are not said to go there. Like when Jesus is on on the cross and the thief whose very brand new faith is is being expressed, Jesus says what to him? Today you will be with me in paradise. 
Yeah, not Hades, yeah. not Sheol, yeah. in paradise. Um, in the parable of Lazarus and the rich man in Luke 16. Um, Lazarus, I think it's Luke 16. Lazarus goes up in, mm. in, to Abraham's yeah. side, to Abraham's bosom. Um, it's not a place of punishment, but a place of blessedness. Um, Paul in Philippians um, says to to be absent from the body. Is it in Philippians or is it Corinthians? One of the Corinthians. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Um, it's in. It is said somewhere by Paul that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and he's speaking exclusively of the righteous. Um, so if in the Old Testament the, the place of the dead for all people is Sheol, um, Bill Mounts, uh, who is one of the leading uh, biblical linguists around, he writes that in Jesus' teaching, however, we find mention of a place of post-mortem punishment in contrast to a place of reward. Um, Hades, that word, Hades is found only in Matthew, Luke, Acts, and Revelation. Just four books, Hmm. right? And the idea of it is expressed elsewhere. He writes, it's conceived of as an underground prison with locked gates to which Christ holds the key. A temporary place um, that's going to give up its dead. So in Revelation um, 20 at the Great White Throne Judgment, we see that death and Hades gave up their dead Mm -hmm. so that... um, Christ could judge them. And mm-hmm. this is what we confess in the Apostles' Creed. Christ will judge the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. He judges them according to their works. Their works are found um, to be wicked. They have no faith in Christ. They are on that basis condemned. They were already in Hades, a place of terrible torment. Yeah. Um, the rich man in, in the Lazarus parable, he's suffering. And mm-hmm. it's, it's constantly pictured by Christ um, as a place of fire. Um, but that's not the final suffering. The final suffering is the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. And so Hades in the New Testament becomes an exclusive place of punishment, a holding place of punishment, um, a prison of torment, as if you will, for the unrighteous until the great white throne at which Christ judges the living and the dead, and then on the basis of their wicked works, no faith in Jesus to cover them, um, they're cast into the final torment, along with, it says, death and Hades. Yeah. So, so to flip that from death and Hades to those who were saved by faith. Uh, so when somebody dies, uh, a believer passes away, they, they immediately go into the presence of the Lord. Immediately. But our, our, our time with the Lord doesn't just remain in, you know, out, you know, somewhere in, in the heavens. Like, it's not just like a spiritual place that will just be for eternity because there's going to be a time in which the Lord returns with his church and he's going to uh, restore the heavens and the earth and we will actually be physical on earth. Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. We have a very eternity. physical eternity. Yeah. And so I think one of the great popular misconceptions for us um, as believers is that our eternal home is heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not true. Right. It's called the, sometimes referred to as the intermediate heaven. Um, so I, I, I listened to a book recently that um, 
the author was talking about that hymn, that old hymn, The Earth is Not My Home, I'm Just a Passing Through. Mm-hmm. And he flipped it. And he said, "How about try this one on for size. Heaven is not my home, I'm just a passing through. Mm-hmm. Because we have a very embodied Christ who says that he's making all things new. He's going to um, bring a very very tangible and physical new heavens and earth on which we will dwell with God in righteousness forever, Mm -hmm. doing physical things. Yeah. Which is going to be awesome. Yeah. And and those who are in uh, hell are also going to be physically experiencing Oh, yeah. uh, the torments of that. I mean, I was just thinking about how the book of Isaiah ends. Um, The very last thing there talks about so Isaiah 65 and 66 talks about the new heaven and the, and the new earth. It's not just Revelation 21 and 22. Mm-hmm. Revelation actually is the most, um, is one of the most Jewish books you can read mm-hmm. in the New Testament. Because every, I mean, all throughout it are, there are more Old Testament allusions and quotations in Revelation than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And Revelation um, 21 and 22 are packed with them. Which is so cool because you can see the way that God is interweaving the earliest parts of the Bible and all the way through and taking all these threads that kind of split apart and make this tapestry and he's bringing them to a tight conclusion as if he were the best author that ever existed. I would think so. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that. And he says here, from new moon to new moon, from Sabbath to Sabbath, the very last two verses of Isaiah, from new moon to new moon, from Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh shall come to worship before me, declares the Lord, and they shall go out and look on the dead bodies of the men who have rebelled against me. For their worms shall not die, their fire shall not be quenched, and they shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. Hmm. Um, Our confessions of faith talk about the resurrection of the just and the unjust. Um, The unjust having bodies that are specially prepared for torment. Yeah, It's, It's a... It's a it's a shocking thought if we actually meditate on what that means. Yeah, if you've ever just you know got too close to an advent candle and burned your finger, it would hurt. Yeah, did you do that on Sunday? No. Oh, no. I have I have though. Not yeah, an that's, advent candle. That's uh, that's something that is if we actually dwell on it, it's pretty amazing. Um, because I, I, I think a lot of us, uh, not knowing. Um, we think of Christ being in the heavens and he's just, he's a spirit again, right? Like he's just, he's just the second person of the Trinity. He's a spirit. He's not physical, but actually right now, currently in heaven, he has a physical body and he will have a physical body for eternity. Oh yeah. To be our representative, he has to have that. Yeah. <laughs> he has the, to have that body. The was the addition of a human nature forever, Yeah, forever, which is just amazing. To think about, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and so and so thinking about thinking about eternity, it's not just going to be a a spiritual place forever. We're actually going to have physical bodies on a physical planet with a physical Jesus. You know, <laughs> yes, right. So, yeah. Um, I was thinking about some other terms. Can you think of any other terms in the New Testament um, to describe? Uh, to describe hell, I was thinking about Second Peter, but gonna, for filler, I'd like to see what I'm quizzing you. <laughs> uh, Gehenna. That word is 
is used sometimes, Gehenna, which is a place of burning. It actually had had to do with um, a valley, um, I think it was to the south of Jerusalem, where it was really a, a refuse heap. It was it was the city dump, hmm. and there was constantly a fire burning all this garbage. Um, not a place you'd want to just go for a casual Sunday afternoon hike with your family after church. Yeah. It was the valley in which, and this is an appropriate, you know, to, what would be the city dump um, was a place of high idolatry and abomination um, where the people of Israel in the Old Testament would go and burn their children to Molech. Hmm. They'd put them in uh, these brazen, um, grotesque God images with hollowed out bellies. They place their babies in it hmm. and and then light it on light them on fire and 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 the Lord he says in Jeremiah, this is what they did and and this is crazy. the Lord who knows all things says in order to make the point of how wicked this is, he says they, they did what I had not commanded, nor did it even enter my mind hmm. and hmm. that's an image that Jesus uses to talk about the condemnation of the wicked hmm. Where does it talk about Christ going and preaching to the spirits who were in prison after he raised from the dead? That's in Peter. Which one? I'm in uh, Second Peter right now. I'm just looking. I think it's chapter two of either First Peter or Second Peter. There is a place. I think it's called Tertullus. Um, and now I'm kind of just digging in my mind for past study. Um, I've done. But I know MacArthur um, looks at that place, Tartarus, um, as uh, a, a prison for angels, a particularly low place of hell um, in Greek mythology, I think, where, where, um, where certain angels that were so wicked, um, like all they all or what is it? First Peter three. First Peter three, where um, where. All the of all the angels who rebelled with Satan are wicked, but just like with human sin, some wickedness goes to special lengths. Like in the days of Noah, when mm. or before Noah, when um, when the sons of God came and cohabited with human women, took on human form, had offspring with human women, and that multiplies the wickedness on the earth. Mm. Um, so a number of theologians take the view that those angels, those fallen angels, were cast into chains of gloomy darkness. And they're not the demons we see running around in the Gospels. They're in a special place of punishment, awaiting the final punishment when Satan, death, Hades, um, the Antichrist are all thrown into the lake of fire, or the beast and the false prophet. Um, yeah. So another thing to think about, Rick, is, is, is Satan currently in hell? Uh no, he's he's called the prince of the power of the air, the son who is at work in the sons of disobedience, which are humans. He's very much roaming around earth, yeah, um, as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He's still he's still waiting, awaiting his punishment. Oh yeah, 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 and he knows it's coming. Yeah, it's um the the head of the serpent has been crushed, um, but <laughs> you kind of get this image, um. Where you know, even after something, uh, some animals are dead, and I'm not saying Satan's dead; he's not. He's very much alive. But even though the defeat has happened, they're still reeling around. Yeah. 
it's kind of like that. Yeah. You know, he's on the way out. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Jesus has won. Yeah. And he won in the moment when Satan thought he had the, de- the decisive victory, but he knew he didn't because he, <laughs> he knows the scriptures. Mm. So... Anyway, those are some reflections. Basically, if we're going to sum it up for this person who's asking the question, Sheol is, um, in the Old Testament, uh, the word most often used simply for the place where the dead go. And it doesn't have reference to the unrighteous or the righteous one more than the other. It simply has reference to, to being dead. Yeah. In the New Testament, we get um, we get the afterlife really fleshed out a lot more for us. We know for certain that all believers... Um, and and I believe that because of the one way of salvation that we have, that the benefits of Christ um, going back to those who anticipated him and the benefits of Christ for those who um, look back to what mm-hmm. he already accomplished at the cross in time, that those benefits are, are given to all the saints who, mm-hmm. like Abraham, had faith and immediately were in the presence of the Lord and received the hope yeah. that they had, that there's not a different holding place for, for, for the righteous somewhere other than in the presence of God. The dead who are wicked are in punishment experiencing it now, mm-hmm. but it's not the final punishment, just as as heaven is not the final place where we're going to enjoy communion with God forever. We are all of us, the, the righteous and the unrighteous, awaiting a very physical resurrection, the, the righteous to enjoy the kingdom of God on earth yeah. in, a, in a, a glorified body, the wicked to experience eternal torment in a specially prepared body for judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, and God reigning as all in all, receiving glory and honor power. For, and one of my favorite songs um, right now, and I'm so glad we added it to the repertoire with the doxology in family worship, is the Gloria Patri. So I think all of this ultimately serves this. Right. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost who was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Uh, Amen. Amen. Well, uh, this wasn't the Christmas podcast that I was uh, thinking about, but uh, it is is an encouraging thing to discuss, um, and and one that we should take to heart as we think about our loved ones who who don't know Christ. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. That would be a, a tremendous application from a, a subject like this. Mm-hmm. By God's grace, be be as busy as you can to uh, to keep Hades as unpopulated as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was Spurgeon who said something like that, that, that we should be doing everything in our power. Like if, if people are going to go to hell, we, we better make sure that we be holding on to their feet, trying to keep them out of hell. Um, yeah. I mean, we have, we have ample opportunities to be faithful ministers of the gospel, um, to those around us that don't know Christ. Um, we are the, the kingdom of priests. Peter says, you know, we are those ambassadors. Paul says in second in Corinthians five and, you know, we have ample opportunities to be faithful. And what what a time to be faithful, right? What a time to be presently sharing the gospel yeah. of, you know, the Christ who became incarnate, became one of us. Yeah. Hey, um, speaking of which, do we have, um, where can we find some information to share with, with neighbors and whatnot for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day services? Where we're going to be 
talking about this gospel yeah. that Christmas is all about. Yeah. So uh, we have we have some uh, uh, virtual uh, media that if you would like to share with friends or loved ones, you can get in contact with me. I can get that to you. Or uh, a lot of that's on our social media. So, um, you know, a lot of people use social media and the more you share that, the more people are going to get exposed to it. And, uh, so I should get social media to share, to invite people to church. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe start with MySpace, Rick, and then (laughs) work your way up. But, uh, you took me back to high school, man. Thank you. That was fun. Uh, no, someone told me the other night that even though she only has five followers on Twitter, um, she's gotten responses from all the companies who she's had bad experiences with, who she says something about on Twitter and they rectify the situation pretty quickly, even big ones. And I'm like, Oh, I, I'm going to get Twitter so I can get information from my doctor's office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they will not call me back. Maybe we, that should be our next podcast is I am, I, our, and our medical. Maybe it's because I'm currently world. disputing a bill, but um, that's a different situation. <laughs> I'll start with Twitter. Share the gospel. <laughs> Invite your friends and family and, and neighbors on the socials. This is Christmas week. This is Christmas week. We have Christmas Eve service on Saturday. and 5.30? 5.30. And then we're joining together on Christmas Day for a 10, 10 o'clock, o'clock service. service. Just Do one not service. show up at 8. Well, you can, but um, doors will be locked. Uh, yeah, 10 o'clock service on Sunday. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to, to worshiping this week, especially as we remember Christ coming. It's good. It's good. Give gifts. Be jolly. Be jolly. Eat so much fudge that your belly shakes like a bowl full of jelly. And um, don't max out the credit cards. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) God is good. Especially that last part. Uh, (laughs) Church, we love you. Look forward to being with you this Saturday and this Sunday as we celebrate the birth of Christ. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We'll see you next... Well talk to you next year on the voice of the valley yes unless we get that video podcast worked out yeah probably not